like what when you learn trading you're learning how to like calculate nine variables in your head all at the same time yeah all really quickly yeah. all with money on the line yeah it's a very hard practice and skill to to learn because you've got literally nine wheels spinning in your head yeah. all working out different averages and calculations you don't need to be good at maths you've got to be good at multitasking nine different variables and seeing how they're all form in your head you're listening to the steady trade podcast a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions your hosts are tim bowen the lead trainer at stocks to trade pro kim ann Curtin, the wall street coach and steven johnson the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn together we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process the lessons they've learned and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. It's a, another episode of me and Kim and Curtin, and we're really going kind of back to the basics, recapping on the fundamentals. So it's ideal for the new trader or the more experienced trader who just wants to kind of look back on certain things and learn as we learn vicariously through Kim. How's it going so far, Kim? Good. I'm still doing my homework, researching, reading, listening to Tim Sykes and uh, reading books that are trying to teach me. And I'm watching, you know, the videos. And uh, so I got a long way to go, but it's getting there. I'm getting there. So so, so how's, we well, just discussing before, um, Tim Sykes can be, can be seen as a polarizing figure. Um, he is idolized and loved, uh, but he also has his his haters, as we all do. Um, how are you finding his learnings, his teachings? What are, you, what are your takeaways? I'm really impressed with how authentic and honest he is about how hard this game is and how you have, you know, he speaks often about uh, being a coward. You know, he's like, I really want to play safe. And I appreciate that he's saying that because I, you know, now because I'm watching all these videos, I'm constantly getting ads on YouTube for other trading platforms. And for the most yeah. part, they all seem to be selling it as a quick fix, easy money road. And I don't hear that in Tim's teachings. Now, there's two things that come front of mind, straight to mind when I think of Tim. One, he's very tall, surprisingly tall when you meet him. Doesn't come across on the internet. And uh, two, uh, he, he talks about trading like a, a coward, which I at first was just thought it was some kind of marketing thing. Mm. But uh, after after like three years of trading, I, I was just talking about it the other with you just before. It's like, say for example today, um, I went I didn't I went short a position and I didn't go short aggressively enough and I took a small profit. Um, but I could have took more. And then I went short on another position um, and I cut it when it went against us too tight. And then I actually would have made money if I'd had less discipline. So I had, I wasn't ag- aggressive enough on the front side. And then I was too disciplined on, on, on the back end of the cover. And, uh, and I would have made more money both ways if I hadn't traded like a coward. But the key to being profitable, I've learned is to be the ultimate coward. Well, it sounds like being, you know, penny wise, as opposed to being penny wise, what is it? And pound foolish, 
What it sounds like is don't be so caught up in the minutia of that moment's trades profit, because if you keep just trying to be as profitable in the second, then you don't get to be profitable over the long term. No, and I'll always, um, I'll always attribute uh, a lot of my turning point because we, we started doing calls about a year ago. What must it have been about a year ago? More, you longer. and you and I. Yeah. It was, it was actually like June. We first met in June of 2018. Yeah. We, it's, we first met in June and I was like negative 5,000 on the year and I closed that year a few thousand up. So you turned me year around from negative 5,000 to plus, plus two or 3,000. I made well, 7,000 after you, we started talking. You turned your year around. However, but, there, um, there were a couple but, of things that. And I've been profitable ever since though. Can I, sorry to interrupt, but it's, I'm giving you credit. Thank you. And then I'm, I'm plus. Plus another 4,000 on the year this year. So I've been profitable basically ever since we met. And you coached me on trading, on how to manage me mind. It's funny. Well, thank you. You, you, you were willing to do the work. You know, you were willing to, to be with some hard conversations and you were willing to be with some hard to be with emotions inside. And I think that's the courage that you've shown all along is you're always willing to take a hard look at yourself. Not everybody is willing to do that. I want to say a couple of things to you as well, but first of all, I'm pleased that I've, the the universe has given us the opportunity, give me the opportunity to give the payback. And I, I don't think specifically it was the personal development life coaching that you offered. Some of it was in the podcast and some of it came out of the one-to-one specifically talking about trading. No, 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 it wasn't. A lot of it was from the life coaching because you specifically, no, it something clicked in the podcast when you said, you have to understand the reason why you're taking the trade and understand the intent behind it and have the power to look above yourself and be the observer of the, of your own actions. Yeah. And when you're the observer of your own actions and you, and you can actually, um, think, am I doing this out of boredom? Am I doing this to fulfill a need? Am I doing this because I want action? Am I doing this out of destruction? Or am I doing it because it's a fucking great trade? Right. Um, pardon the language, but let it stay in. Um, <laughs> There was, there was that one moment. I think it was the most critical moment. I think it was in our second coaching session. And there was just a part where you said that you weren't present to your trading. And yeah, when you I, said it. that, there was just this moment where uh, you were like, so oh, wait a minute. I, I, you just like got it in that moment. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to you. I'm so, so grateful to you, by the way. Like I want to take this moment to like honor you with gratitude because, um, because had I have not met you, I could have had a red year last year and being a red year this year after two other red years. So, um, yeah, I mean, you pretend, I mean, you, you, you were a turn and you were a cornerstone in a turn. You were a turn in the road where uh, it came at a, a pivotal moment. That's changed the direction of me trading in life. No, it's not changed me life, but. It, in a way, it has, and it might go on to. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, yes, so, so anyway, um, if you want, if you want Kim, if you crap at discipline, <laughs> if you're really rubbish at discipline, talk to Kim because she, she helped me do it. I don't know. I know how. I know how. But everyone's route is different. But um, but now the point of that is that it's now my turn because you're 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 the whiz at psychology. You're the whiz at making people understand discipline and. And, and how to manage their own discipline, which nobody can do. Um, so now I'm trying to teach you the other side of the coin. Yes. 
and it's been it's been a, a hell of a ride so far. Even though I think I'm still going to start with paper trading, I'm, I'm I'm constantly hearing you on one side and Tim Bowen on the other side, and I'm like caught between the two of you because I because because I know you both are different, and I know you both super, have a different way different. of seeing. And you know, and what I do remember, one of the first pieces of advice you gave me was you said learn from as many different people with their own styles as possible so that you can get yes. a feel of finding what's going to work for you. And Very true. I don't know as if I'm going to be as conservative as Tim is. And I don't know if I'm, I doubt I'll probably be as reckless as you because I don't, I'm, I like adventure, but I don't know if I like that much adventure. So no, but, find, um, you know, but you, you'll actually find I'm extremely, I'm actually extreme. Like I, I, I was just saying before I trade like a coward. Yeah, I'm yeah. extremely, uh, I'm extremely safe these days. Yeah, but okay. to you and Tim Bone, I will be out of this world crazy. Right, exactly. but uh, for me in my head, it's it's actually very conservative, and but uh, you you don't know how how reckless I was back <laughs> exactly. in the day. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I was so today, unbelievable. Today you said we would explain to me a little bit more about time frames. We're we're doing these short takes about the variables. Uh, we spoke about the variables in episode 134, the one that just aired yesterday. And uh, then we decided to do a series on the variables. Uh, so we just finished talking the last episode. We talked about uh, float and daily volume. And then today we were going to talk about yeah. time frames uh, and then support and resistance levels. So uh, should I, can I read my notes on time frames to see if they sound legit? Yeah, I just want to quickly say yeah. just just the most important thing to remember on volume and flow, just as a recap for everyone yeah. who is watching, is uh, high volume. If a chart creates the highest volume it's ever traded, it often resets the chart. So if it's a downward trend in a long term chart, it's a bearish sign. But if it but if the stock on the day is trading the highest volume it's ever traded, it's a it's kind of you can erase the chart because it doesn't matter anymore because the the, the record breaking volume resets it. It makes it almost like a new chart. It's just a rule that you need to remember. And the other thing is if the, if it's a high volume, low float, it's going to be very volatile. If it's low volume, high float, it's not going to be as volatile. Just quick recap on for the guys. Gotcha. Good. Yeah. And for, I need to hear this too, because it's, it's all starting to sink in, but I want it to become, you know, automatic for me. Let's, we'll do some meditations and we'll just, <laughs> let's do some meditations and just, just drop drop that knowledge in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Man. I'll I'll put you on a what is that binaural beats? I'll get I'll get your wisdom in a binaural beat so it's going into my unconscious. I'll I'm gonna I'll send Joe Dispenza around to, to, to implant it in your brain. Uh, that would be awesome. I'll take it. Uh all right, so time frames. This is the description that, you know, I wrote down. Multiple time frame analysis and simply the process of looking at the same pair and the same price, uh, but on different time frames. Yep. What does the same yeah, so pair mean? It just means the same stock, I think. But uh, but basically, when you when you're watching a stock, a different. So you can look at a stock at a, very, at a lot of different ways. You can look at it as a daily. Okay. As the on the daily chart. Right. So, you, so you've seen like you can look at two years and every candle represents a day. Yeah, or you can look at a two-day chart with one-minute candles, where every every candle represents a minute. Or you can look at two days and fifteen minutes, where every candle represents fifteen minutes of time passed. Um, and each 
time frame will give you more information about because every trader trades across different time frames. Some people trade on fifteen, some trade on one, some trade on three minutes, some trade some trade primarily focused on the daily. So it's good to look at different time frames to get an overall idea of whether a stock's like bullish, bearish, hitting a support or resistance level. Um, what do you trade on in terms of a trend? I am dead simple, and I I'll trade the daily and I'll trade one minute. I don't even look at other stuff because I'll make a plan and I don't care what happens. I'll just stick to it. I'll be like, if the stock goes to here, I'm out. And if it doesn't, I'm in. And I've got no compromise on my plan. How how long did it take you to find your daily and one minute time frame? Um, No, but it just, it like, it just, it just, I'm not sure about the question, but it's like, what do you mean by the question? Well, you know, because there's so many different time frames you could have picked, something ah, happened right. over time that made you determine I'm going to do the daily and the one minute and keep it simple. What was that? That's, it's just, that's the, that's the standard. Like when you, you watch and create a checklist right now, you'll see the whole DVD. He's either looking at daily charts or he's looking at one minute charts. He's not looking at anything else. Uh-huh. It's just the main, okay. it's the main, everyone looks at daily, everyone looks at one minute. Okay. Some people look at threes and 15 minutes, but that's it. Would you be going to the threes and 15 after, is that like the double, triple check? Yeah, kind of. But like, but honestly, like you don't, once you get more experienced, you realize like less is more and being super mm-hmm. simple. And it's always with everything. Like everyone wants to trade all of these indicators, like the Bollinger Bands and, uh, and Tim's loves doing that stupid one. I can't remember it. Um, the, the 30, there's something where like, I can't even explain it, but there's like Bollinger Bands. There's like RSI. There's the, um, I can't remember. There's a five, there's some other ones, but. There's, there's like a million indicators. I don't use any. I don't even use VWAP half the time. Okay. I don't use any indicators. I don't use multiple time frames. I just, based on experience, I just decide what I think. Okay. Based on the nine things I told you. Stephen Johnson from the Steady Trade Podcast. We have an exclusive offer for you users who want to learn and get better. It's called the Oracle Daily Alert. And basically it's an email. It hits your inbox about... 10 a.m. every day and it gives an indication of the hottest stocks of that day and the recommended entry and exit points for them so click the link and check it out you get the discounted offer yeah yeah okay so the the other the other piece that's here that i have written down about it multiple time frames is uh a trader who typically makes one or two trades per trading day might choose a longer time frame i wanted to ask you is that true one or two, um, it no. So, a is a, a swing trader, someone who makes one trade that lasts over multiple days. Um, they'll be more likely maybe just to use the daily, and they'll they'll maybe look at the fifteen minute intraday. But but like the more the more day trader who trades like four, five, six times a day. But I would never recommend that anyway. I would only recommend trading once or twice a day. But if you trade, someone who trades more will, will trade more on the one minute because you want to see what's happening every minute, not what's happening every couple of days. So, so let's just take a side note. So just explain the difference between swing trader and day trader. So a swing trader will more 
uh, it can go both ways. A long a swing trader who's buying stock will generally be buying a company because it's got solid fundamentals and financials, or it's at least writing good news. Where in a short buy a swing trader, um, someone like Tim Grattani arguably can be because I see him hold them for a few days. Is the type is the type of person who's very ex- experienced at seeing a stock really run high, but that is really really worthless as a company. It's it's probably going to do dilution. You can swing that down for a couple of days as well. So a swing trader is just someone who's holding stock for more than one day at a time. Got it. Whether well, a day trader is a trades during the day. Okay, so you do agree with the concept that a trader who typically makes one or two trades per trading day, which is what you do advocate, I heard you say, uh, they would potentially choose to uh, hold on to look at a longer time frame when making the decision. Uh, you, you'd always look on both. Like the process is, the process that you'll always look at is what does the six month chart look like on the daily? Is it going up or is it going down? Then you might go two or three years back just to see that has the company, um, has the company really dropped in value? Has it really gone down in the last two or three years? Like a lot of penny stocks do. And also, is it the type of stock that does reverse splits, which is kind of what we talked about towards the last episode with Tim? Is it, um, is it inflating its uh, price by reducing its float? How, so, as a beginner, at the beginning when you first began, how long did you spend looking at all these different time frames? Nah, just it's just like you'll just. Like you don't, you you really only look at the one minute in the daily. Okay. Like it's not, it's not such a big thing to explore. Um, what more, about this 30 second charts? Is, what about 30 second charts or five minute charts, which is the description I was nah, reading spoke to? No. Nah, like it's, like I say, it's like, it's, it's not, if like, if it's a th- it's 30, momentum traders might trade 30 second charts, like when they're like buying and selling and getting out in 10 seconds, five seconds, but. It's, it's it's just the majority of penny stock traders and and people who go long and short, the majority of them are all trading one minute. It's just it's just okay. it's like the standard. Okay, that's good to know. Um, that's good to know. All right, here's here's another uh piece from the description I read. It says if your trading system or technique is not making a profit, there is nothing wrong with your time frame, but with your trading system and or technique. Yeah, absolutely. Like every time for, yeah, because every time frame just gives the information in a slightly different way, but it's ultimately always the same information. So what they're saying there is if you're losing money, it's not the information that you're being given. It's, it's the fact that you're not trading very well. <laughs> it's the top and bottom of the. And do you think that that at the beginning of your trading, you know, right at the start when you began, do you think you had that distinction? Did you see that right away? When I, I, I hate, I hate the fact that I remember when I first started out, everyone was like, like, we support you because you get, you get us and you get the losing trader and all those guys who, who made money in our experience, they're out of touch. And I'm like, God, I, I hope I don't ever be one of that out of touch people. But, um, when I look, when I first started, I just didn't have a clue what was going on. It was a way, it's getting further and further away. So I'm forgetting. But I just, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I'd be looking at a stock intraday on the one minute time frame thinking it's going up and up and up. So it probably should go higher up. Like that, that, that was honestly me analysis. Oh, this has gone up really fast. It might come down. So yeah. I'll go the, I'll go short. 
Like, uh, and and it's the the top and bottom of it is it's like what when you learn trading, you're learning how to like calculate nine variables in your head all at the same time, yeah, all really quickly, yeah. all with money on the line, yeah. It's a very hard practice and skill to to learn because you've got literally nine wheels spinning in your head, yeah. all working out different averages and calculations. You don't need to be good at maths. You've got to be good at multitasking nine different variables and seeing how they all form in your head. Yeah. And at first, you can only process one. Sure. And if you do two, you panic and make a mistake. Or you, or you just get confused. Or you just think, I don't get this. I don't know what's going on. You look yeah. at the screen and think, this is mental. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But over time, you know, like learn how to read the matrix. It's the only way I can explain it. That's you awesome. learn how to read the matrix and then you become Neo. Like I swear. That's matrix for American listeners. <laughs> Matrix. 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 But um that's the only way I can explain it. And and it's not a skill that like someone's super clever or yeah. only people who are super clever or only people who are good at maths or only people who like have got probable gambling minds. It's it's not it's not mm. that's it's not true that only these people can get it. Anyone from any walk of life can get it. You've just gotta yep. put the dedication in. Well, I, I think not just the dedication, but just everything I'm seeing is a, is a willingness to be in the discomfort of that awkwardness. You know, it's, it's sort of like learning to dance. I, I remember trying to learn how to dance from this very handsome uh, South American, you know, man who, who just was struggling to teach me how to dance. He was a professional uh, tango teacher. Because he kept saying, you know, you American women, you always want to lead. <laughs> you don't, you don't yeah. know how to follow. And, and it really taught me an important lesson. And he was like, you need to be able to be with the discomfort of not knowing what the next step is and to kind of like feel the music. So you, you have to pay attention to multiple things at once, but to, you know, it's vulnerable, right? It was vulnerable that night when I was learning how to dance with him because I couldn't be in charge. And in a way, I think what I'm learning from you is that you're willing to be with the discomfort of not all the variables, you know, kind of, what's that word? Like going off at once. It's like, okay, here's a couple that I can take and learn. And now I'll start moving towards the others. Uh, over I, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say that I've got to the point where I'm not just comfortable with the discomfort. I'd say I am the discomfort. That's awesome. I think that's that's probably why it's it's so consistent now for you because you are able to be the discomfort. That's awesome. I am the discomfort, but uh, just just and a very important point is to to say is that um like say sub, sub we're in with the the mind is split up five percent conscious ninety five percent subconscious. Uh, well, bodies are heavily related agrees. to the mind. The, the connected. Chicken, the chicken that, agrees. Yeah. The rooster. Where so if you're in a routine, if you're in a, in a if you're in a routine all of the time, your your brain gets just fallen to the ninety five percent of subconscious. And you don't really have to focus or concentrate. Yeah, yeah. The minute you try and step out into the unknown, your body is like, I don't I don't like this. I don't like change. I prefer. So it makes you feel bad things. Yeah. It makes you like it. Your body sends bad signals to your brain to get you back into the comfort routine. It's yeah. damn true. Yeah. So you've got to embrace the discomfort. Yeah. It's like David Goggins says, embrace the pain. Other uh, YouTubers say, seek discomfort. 
Yeah. Um, I I would say I am the discomfort, and mm-hmm. I, and you should be too. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, do you think? I think we've exhausted time frames. Shall we go to support support and resistance levels? No, but that's why the support and resistance levels and time frames are work in parallel. Okay. Just the same as volume and flow uh, okay. should should be dance partners, our husband and wife. Okay. Time frame and time frame and support and resistance. All so right. basically, should I give you my description and then you tell yeah, me? Yeah, go first. Okay. All go right. Ahead. So, so uh, an area of support is where the price of an asset tends to stop falling, and an area of resistance is where the price tends to stop rising. That's the initial paragraph. Yeah, and the yeah, and that's what's so important with time frames because you will look at discipline on a one minute. You look at uh, you look at support and resistance. On a one minute, a 15 minute, and a daily. Okay. The daily is the most important. Where, um, where a stock repeatedly hits the high or it repeatedly hits a low, the more times it does that, the more that support, the support is the bottom, the resistance is the top. The more times it does that, the, the stronger the support or the resistance is and the more likely it is to fail next time. Cause it's, say it's failed at a certain uh, support level three times. Say, no, say it's failed to push above a resistance level three times up. Like, obviously if it's failed three times, it'll probably fail four. And then if it's failed 30 times, it's probably going to fail even more 31. But if it's only failed once, it might get through twice. Do you know what I mean? So this is how traders yeah. work out averages. And it's the same with support. If it's bounced twice, it may bounce three times, but if it's bounced a hundred times, it's definitely bouncing a hundred and one times. Okay. The next part of that is if it's bounced once and it goes through twice, it's a small move. But if it's bound, if it sorry, if it's sorry, if it's hit resistance once, it's it'll probably if it goes through, it'll be a small move. But if it's hit resistance one hundred times, and on the, and everyone thinks on the hundred one time, it's not going to break through. If it does, and everyone expected it to fail, that move will be huge. Because wow. it's finally, because the walls become so strong that when it does break through, it's a re, it's a surgence. It's wow. a surgence through that wall. That's like really Game of Thrones, skeletons, yeah. last series. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do. That's awesome. That makes sense. Makes t- total sense. It's like, it's like a tsunami, you know, like it builds its strength and then, so it's, it's, it, no, it's it, exactly that. It's, it, but that doesn't always happen. That'll just happen with, a couple of outliers, I presume. Um, no, I mean, every stock will eventually break down on support or it will eventually break through resistance, but it's, it, it's a, it's, it can be days, weeks, months, or years. Yeah. Um, um, but okay. uh, it's, it's such a fun game. As you go to learn and learn more about the game, you'll see it's such a fun game. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm totally excited. <laughs> All right. Here's the rest of my description was support level is the level at which a buyer tends to purchase or enter into a stock. It refers to the stock share price that a company rarely goes below. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's, 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 it's so it's exactly that. So okay. basically if a stock has opened a lot of the time at like $3, say this is $3, then it comes up to $3.20, $3.30, and then it comes back down to 3 a lot of people will buy at three because 
it was at three previously, so it probably won't drop below three because it's supported there a few times at three. Totally. So people feel comfortable thinking, ah, it's not fell through three before, so probably won't fall three, through three now. That's, that's basic support and resistance. And that, that's a lot of what, that's all what I kind of do when I trade. That's kind of it. A lot of all I do is support and resistance trading. So, so you're really looking at what's previously happened on the, uh, on the time frame of one day and 15 minutes. Yeah, sometimes 15, but, but I do it, but 95% of traders lose, right? Right. So what I do is say, I'll wait, say there's a lot of, say the stocks failed at resistance like 20 times in a row at $4. Right. So every time it gets to $4, it fails. And say today it goes from $3 to $4 because everyone's buying it. 95% of traders lose. So what I'll do is I'll short and bet that it's going to fail at 395. So all of these traders have bet long from three to four. They haven't looked at the long-term daily chart. They don't, they haven't done the research properly. They don't realize that it always fails at four. But when it gets to four, all the people who are smart, they all sell at four because they think it never breaks four. So it won't yeah, break four today. Right. Then but- all of the shorts who've done the research think this doesn't break four. I'm going to short it and you'll get this very rapid turnaround. Wow. And that's how you make money by, by seeing charts in a more advanced way than beginners. But, but here, it here's makes what, sense, Anna. Yep. It makes sense. And, and, but there's something else I'm hearing there is that you are not just doing what you think you're react, you're, you're making your position based on how you believe the other traders are going to react. Yeah. I, um, well, basically, what the, I've got to the point now where I've seen every pattern a million times. Yeah. I've seen every, all the different ways that the market, the stock market behaves and how people behave and how buying patterns work and, and produce. So now I just see things where I just can't believe the idiocy of what people are doing. I'm like, yeah. what the hell are you people doing buying this? Yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you guys doing? And when I see opportunities like that, I'll short heavy. When well, I see they're probably people inexperienced traders. Things. They're probably inexperienced yeah, they traders. And so you're seeing their patterns because I mean, I mean, I, I guess the, here's what I'm hearing. The, the, the silver lining of being a beginner trader is that when you aren't a beginner trader, you're going to be able to identify when everybody else that you're up against is playing that kind of less experienced way. And then you can spot it and profit off that. You can, but it's, it's, you can, but I would take it a step further and I'd say, you know, that way, you know, you like, I'd say, you know how the stock market works. You know what patterns arise and fall throughout the year. The same patterns always come. Yeah. So it's your job as a trader to be successful, to say, to work out the right risk reward and say the probability based on saying this for years and years and years is that I'm only going to trade this if it hits this. I'm going to cut it if it hits this. And based on all of the, the action I've seen over the last few years, if I do this, I'll be profitable. Got it. It's, it's just making a trade. It's very, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's just making sure you take the right risk reward based on the probability of what you think is going to happen. Is but it, the is hard it- part is, you have to see it happen first. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Or you don't know what's going to happen. Or or not to see it first, but recognize it. I mean. Yeah. Which is why, which is why people teach the past. 
Because the only if you're not going to learn in the present and you want to learn fast, you have to learn from the past. Wow, totally makes sense. Anything else around support and resistance levels that's important or that to somebody who's beginning like me, the baby trader that I am, what else might I need to look out for? Now it's just it's just a lot of stocks on the daily chart. You look for a lot of the wicks, the candle wicks, and a lot of the tops of the candles, a lot of the body of the candle and the wicks of the candle at the top, all hitting the same point and failing. You just want to look for that, and and you also want to look at the the stock failing on quite high volume because if it if it's hitting resistance with a lot of volume, a lot of buyers buying it up, if the next time it trades less volume. If it didn't break the resistance on a high amount of volume, it's like never going to break it on less volume. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because it's like if an army of, if an army of a hundred, if an army of a hundred thousand can't break down a wall, if two days later an army of 10,000 people come back, they're like definitely not going to break down the wall. So yeah. you need huge amounts of volume to smash the barrier through. Yeah. So volume and, and support and resistance, the, all of the things interlink together. I'm just giving you examples of how each do. That's good. That help. That helps me. All right. So time frames, support and resistance levels. Uh, anything else about those two being kind of sync? They they work together. Is what I'm hearing. Um, time frames and just just you can if you look on a 15 minute chart, it's it's sometimes easier to identify. Um, support resistance levels than on a one minute chart because a 15 minute time frame condenses more information together. You mm-hmm. can see it more at a wider view than a one minute because there's yep. less candles. Yep. But now nah, that's it. I think, I think that's good. I think it's, it's a, it's a good wrap to cover these two. I know we're jumping on for an interview in five as well, right? Yeah, we are. You lose, we are. I don't know if you lost track of time because you're so enthralled by I'm the lesson. I'm so enthralled. I did completely lose track of time. I it's thought just, it was, it's just riveting. <laughs> it is riveting. You're riveting. <laughs> it's right. not me first rodeo. <laughs> no, it's not your first rodeo. <laughs> and, and I haven't even gotten to the rodeo yet, but I'm like reading about the rodeo on the drive to the rodeo. It's, I made $3 today. But you didn't lose, so I'm thinking you're ahead, man. Good uh, any job. days a grin day. I used to Good be happy job. with that back in the day. It's a good thing. But, All right, uh, I have to. Uh, so, so the we'll other come, side. are we going to come back to the other? Do, do we do another episode? Is it is it appropriate to do one on the sectors and on news? I think those two definitely. All right, definitely. So we'll do that Let's in do that our third next. episode, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. This was awesome. Thank you, Stephen, for your patience at teaching me all these beginner important. It's okay. Things. You've you've helped me make money and not lose money. So I really owe you like eight thousand dollars or something, <laughs> probably more. I probably owe you like ten plus thousand dollars. So this is the repayment back in words. I will take this. I will take it. It's it's really nice. It's a nice way to be uh, compensated. So thank you. That concludes this episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. And as usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations for us, please check us out at SteadyTrade.com, where we actually post transcripts of the episode and recap blog posts of the episode. It's a great resource if you're looking to expand your trading and get a more immersive experience from the Steady Trade Podcast. 